Welcome to Impact Insights, the podcast series of Asteria Investment Managers. If you follow us on LinkedIn, you might have seen that we dedicated the second quarter of 2023 to sustainability and pension funds investment schemes. We are now concluding this topic with a discussion between two investment professionals, Ivan Guidotti from XO Investment, a Neuchatel-based company offering wealth management and investment advisory services, and Guido Bolliger, Chief Investment Officer of Asteria Investment Managers, discussing the current situation of pension funds in terms of sustainable investing, and they will give some advice to them on how to get started with impact investing. Uh, thank you, Ivan, for having accepted our invitation to participate. And uh, the topic I'd like to go through with you today is about uh, sustainable strategy for Swiss pension funds. Maybe as an introduction, uh, I will let you introduce yourselves, what you precisely doing at XO Investments, what is XO Investments, and also about your personal background and experience. Yeah, thank you, Guido, for, uh, for inviting me. It's always a pleasure. I think we have interesting discussion when we meet, so I'm glad to share with uh, with other people our discussion and uh, what we go through. So my name is Ivan Guidotti. I am an advisor at uh, X Investments. So I advise uh, pension fund mainly institutional investor. Uh, at X Investment, we have two business. One is the one of advisory investment advisory for institutional investor. The other one is wealth management. I'm way less involved in the wealth management business i'm really i really focus on the advisory one uh i joined xo a few years ago and quite a while before that uh, i did a phd and even before that i started in 2008 in the alternative uh, uh, industry with hedge funds so timing was not the best one but I didn't pick it. I mean, when I finished my studies, I jumped in there. It was really interesting. I spent a few years there. And then, of course, in academic, it's, it's another world. It's something different. <clears throat> and my education, uh, I have a bachelor from the University of Fribourg. Then I did a master in Neuchâtel. Uh, it's a master in finance. Uh, and then I went on with a PhD. After a break in the industry, I went back to the to the classroom, let's say, for, for my PhD. Again, here in Neuchâtel, where I work uh, on one side on an, a theoretical model on the remuneration of fund manager, and uh, uh, another part of my thesis were more uh, empirical one uh, on the value added by, by financial analyst. Uh, on the top of my professional uh, activities, I'm also involved with the CFA Society Switzerland. Uh, I'm part of a committee that is organizing uh, a conference dedicated to a pension fund that took place uh, a few weeks ago in Geneva. There was another one in Zurich. Uh, It's really a conference that focuses on on the problems of uh, the investment problem uh, and challenges uh, of uh, of pension fund. Uh, It's really dedicated to pension fund with no uh, or very little uh, uh, commercial part. I think it's it's really an interesting one. Of course, I'm biased because I'm in the organization, <laughs> but I think it's worth that that you have a look at the at the program uh, if you are interested in. Thank you for this uh, nice introduction. Maybe uh, for the uh, for the audience, uh, uh, I met Ivan when he was a student. He was one of our students at the University of Neuchâtel, 
and since then, you know, we've uh, we have adding a, a lot of contacts together. Uh, Ivan is still a professor, adjunct professor at University of Vienna Chatel, where he teaches fixed income. Quite well, yes. And uh, so, with that in mind, we let, let's jump into uh, in, into our topic today. Uh, you mentioned before that you advise uh, pension funds. That's uh, that's your your main uh, activity at Tixo Investment. Uh, when it goes about sustainable investing, what is the most at the moment the most frequent approach that you're you're seeing uh, with your clients? Yeah, perhaps as a general, yes, Sorry. a general answer. What you see is that there is a strong match in between what the the pension fund uses, the approaches that are using, uh, and what the industry supply them as solution. I don't know which is the reaction of causation, whether uh, it's because there are this fund that are using these approaches or uh, the fund are created because there is a demand, a demand for that. Uh, but of course, it's not just a random correlation in between the two. So to answer more precisely to a question, there is a mix of, of exclusion and best in classes approach that are used. And uh, the best-in-class approach, I would say, it applies to a broad ESG criteria. So there is not really a focus on E, on S, or in G. It's really a broad ESG, uh, ESG approach that it uses. And of course, there are the, the exclusion of the usual suspects, uh, tobacco, alcohol, gambling, and so on and so forth. And then within the industry that are left, there is a best-in-class approach uh, in order to have uh, a portfolio that is uh, as representative as possible of the market, uh, but focusing uh, on the uh, best companies in each sector. I think this approach, it makes sense when you think at the, uh, at the approach of, uh, at the problematic of pension fund or at the sensitivity of pension fund, because they, I mean, they have a pressure regulator Force them to focus on their on their expenses, on their total expense ratio. Uh, they like to have uh, an indexing, a passive approach in investing. So when you have some filters, some automatic process with filter with exclusion, uh, it's something that allows them to to reach the their their objective. Yeah, uh, for, for what you're telling me, though, so there are very few pension funds in Switzerland that have. Uh, Clear uh, climate targets, like such as carbon reduction targets, at the moment. Is that true? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I think what is important to understand that nowadays all the pension funds are doing some sustainable investing. The question is more to which extent they do it and whether they do it in, on purpose or not. And why do I say that? Is because now even if you take the basic conventional. Uh, passive fund, uh, very often they are uh, excluding some companies. So there is at least a, a first layer, of course, is not enough. But indeed, when you go to to, to more in detail to the, the ESG policies and so on and so forth, uh, it's rare to see uh, very precise target uh, on the carbon emissions, for example, or, or even the adoption of, of climate-aware uh, strategies uh, uh, is not very diffuse, and I was surprised by that because uh, we have to remember that in Switzerland there are some firm with some uh, uh, controversial activities, let's say, and for them it's quite hard to have uh, a broad ESG approach because they are excluded by those uh, those filters that we mentioned before. So for me, climate aware was uh, climate aware investing was something that allowed them to have. Uh, 
uh, a sustainable approach in their investment. Then. But what we saw in practice is that the, the, the adoption is very low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then perhaps we will have the time to go into the details later. But if you go to the asset classes, there are some differences in between the listed one, the private one. Uh, what I mentioned before is mainly for the listed one. Of course, if you go to private market, there are uh, there are other approaches that are used. Uh, perhaps uh, a trend that, that we see more recently is the one uh, of, uh, of proxy voting to really monitor what asset manager are doing in terms of proxy voting uh, and uh, uh, engagement as well. We do that since a while. We collect the, the voting activity of asset manager, and then you can uh, compare it to to see whether they are aligned with the management, uh, whether they are la- aligned with other, let's say, investors that are uh, well known for, for their proxy voting activity. And then you can decompose that on topic, whether it is a governance topic, how they are voting, uh, whether it is something related to environment or the social dimension, you can uh, you can have a look on how they are voting. Uh, and what I have to say is that there are some asset managers that are very keen in providing the data in bulk. There are other asset managers that are more reluctant to provide those data. But at the end, this is public data, how they are voting. So you can nevertheless do this analysis. But that's something really recent to focus, really monitor what asset managers are doing with, with their votes. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a very interesting point. We, we could have a debate on engagement and, and the, the impact of proxy voting. Uh, that's not the purpose of the conversation today. Uh, so uh, when, when you had to implement uh, sustainable strategies with, with pension funds, what, what are the main hurdles? Is, uh, is it related to fiduciary duty? So, uh, you know, the, you know the, the fact that they, they may not be able to fill their fiduciary duty by going more toward ESG or toward more sustainable strategies? Is that related to costs, to data, to education? Yeah, that's a very good question, I think, the one that you're asking. And I think what we have to understand is that there are so many forces at play within this investment committee. When you look, the basic question is, uh, are you, do you agree to do something more sustainable without uh, worsening the situation of the fund? Everybody says, yes, we have to do it if we can do it. But then it really comes to the question, what does it mean something more sustainable? And here you have uh, plenty of answer the one that would like to focus more on the environment the one on the social or the one on the governance size perhaps you can even go to the SDGs so you have in a, even more option let's say and uh, another question that often comes it's how to do that I mean it's not just that you want to do that but how to do that and uh, when you take uh, let's say the standard investment committee in Switzerland with people from all the regions, uh, it's quite complicated to, to find an agreement uh, or it takes some time to, to discuss. Uh, and then there is also the second part of the question. So what does it mean uh, without worsening the situation of the fund? Is that just if you have the same expected return? Uh, is that something sufficient, uh, even knowing that there are some reaching costs? Uh, uh, if there is an increase in peace, uh, again, there is this strong focus on peace in Switzerland. Uh, if there is an increase in peace, that is something that is known. Uh, how do you have to, to consider that is term of the situation of the fund? But often what, what we see is that when there is the question that is raised within uh, the investment committees, there is something that is done. 
interruption is going to take uh, to take time. But I think what you really need is to have some uh, some education. You really have to explain, uh, and in a fair way, a fair education, not the one that sometimes you see uh, in Alpha. commercial events, uh, which they provide you, that they provide you uh, an ESG premium or whatever. Yeah. And I think really that the fair education, uh, what does it mean ESG? What are those ratings? To bring some example to the investment committee so that they can really understand that. Because often they think that, okay, we go invest in ESG, we have nothing to do with fossil fuel and so on and so forth. While in reality, it's not the case. And then I think you also need to go step by step. I mean, you cannot come on day one and pretend to have a, a perfect, uh, uh, the, the, the best sustainable portfolio that, that you can imagine. You're going to do that step by step also because uh, things change over time. Uh, and uh, uh, at the beginning, perhaps you don't have to set too high goals, uh, really to go slowly because you're not going to change your uh, your portfolio just at once. What we saw before the, the, the crisis of last year, because last year, of course, people was more focused on performance than on, uh, on non-financial uh, uh, figure, is that there was a kind of consolidation. Before pension fund, they were doing some uh, sustainable investment, so they were buying a, a green bonds fund, something else in equities. Uh, but without really having a strategy. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we saw in 21 was this kind of consolidation where a pension fund, they make a, a step back and they think, okay, now what we really want to do, to really think in terms of uh, their sustainable ESG policy, what they wanted to do, and, uh, uh, and then align their portfolio on that. So to come back, I think we really need education, uh, perhaps the complexity of uh, of ESG of sustainable investment, uh, and what I mean complexity is that everybody is using the same term uh, with different meanings or a different yes. term with the same meaning. Uh, uh, that of course is not helping. Yeah. Okay. Clearly, uh, I think you, you're right, and uh, and we we have the same feedback from uh, people that are working in the private banking industry. So I think uh, education is key there, and uh, also. Uh, by your approach going step by step and not trying to, to change everything at once. Um, so when you when, when the pension funds are, are doing sustainable investing, um, we mentioned before that uh, probably return enhancement is, is not is, is not the reason for it because uh, we, we I agree with you. I think there is no green alpha. Um, at least you know where when you follow an ESG strategy, but uh, is it more related to risk mitigation? Is it to align the value of the the employees of the of the pension fund with uh, with the with with E S and G? Uh, do you see differences between big and small size institutions in that regard? So, what is the main reason? That, that yeah, pushes, yeah, yeah. Be, be, besides regulation that you mentioned, but what is the main reason that pushes pension funds to move more towards, uh, towards more sustainable strategies? Yeah, of course, on the one side, there are the question of the member of pension fund that they see on the press, they see what is going on, so that they raise question, okay, what are you doing with your pension fund, with our investment in the end, in terms of sustainable investing? That's, of course, one dimension. I think another one that is quite strong is to align 
the value of the pension fund with the one of the sponsor. And this one you mainly see with the small pension fund. It's not necessarily what you can think at the beginning, but you see more on the smaller pension fund because they just have one employer, one sponsor, and so they would like to have their investment values aligned with the one with the sponsor, which really makes sense, I think. And uh, and yet, of course, also the, the the people that are there in the in the board of the pension fund, in the investment committees, and the various committees, they they are aware that. We have to do something, we can do something with the investment, so they, they want to go in this direction. I think risk mitigation is not necessarily the first thing that comes to, to the mind, but when you start your discussion, of course, it's something that comes on, on the table, uh, and, uh, and they're happy to have uh, also this risk mitigating dimension with their, uh, with their, uh, in their portfolio. It is mainly safe for, uh, for the, the stranded asset, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I think in the in the last uh, in the second part of our conversation, I'd like uh, I'd like to move um, to the to discuss about the individual asset classes. But before that, uh, uh, can you tell us because we also have a, a lot of listeners that are locating located abroad. What is the average asset class allocation of uh, the typical Swiss pension fund? Yeah, so I think so. We are collecting uh, the data from from a representative sample of pension fund. Uh, so we have uh, all the time series for the various pension funds, so that we can run uh, a few interesting analysis. Uh, I think uh, a panel of data, and roughly what you see is about five percent of cash. Let's say thirty-five percent in between uh, Swiss bond and foreign bond with. An own bias, about 20% of Swiss bond, the rest foreign. Then you have another third in equities. Here in equities, you see less the home bias. You have something in between 10 and 15% of Swiss equities and around 20% of foreign equities. You have a big chunk of real estate, 20, 25%, and then a smaller allocation to alternative. 7, 10%. And those alternatives include also the, the infrastructure, which since a few years it is a separate asset class in the Swiss law. Uh, but in this alternative asset class, there is mainly private equity. Hedge fund, uh, there is almost nothing. 1%. Uh, there is a bit of private debt as well in there. But what is really getting attention recently is infrastructure that it's increasing its uh, its uh, weight in pension fund portfolios. Yeah. And among these asset classes, uh, what 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 is the asset class which you, where you see the highest tilt toward uh, sustainable products? Oh. Of course, the largest one, like fixed income and equities, uh, uh, you see a strong tilt toward uh, sustainable product. What I mentioned at the beginning with this uh, best-in-class approach plus an occlusion. Uh, in the infrastructure as well, as I said before, infrastructure is getting uh, a lot of flow from pension fund. Uh, and uh, when it comes to infrastructure investing, uh, uh, they try to have uh, some some green exposure, let's say. I think we, we can talk about that later on to get more into the details. Uh, and uh, also in real estate, nowadays, you see a lot of focus on the sustainability of, uh, of real estate properties. 
I think perhaps we can get more into the details later also for that. I think what is interesting is that you, you really see the two different approach within the, the liquid part, the bonds, the equities, you see this best in class approach broad ESG, so I would call it. When you go to real estate and infrastructure, you see something more uh, impact, I would say, where you really try to get some, some impact in your properties or some impact you, with your uh, infrastructure project. Yeah, that's very interesting. And uh, yeah, it's a, you, you give me a good introduction for my next, next point, you know, that uh, in Switzerland, uh, roughly one-fourth one of global carbon emissions are due to buildings, and we know that uh, institutional investors, pension funds, and, and insurers are the main owners of buildings in Switzerland. So, uh, can, can you just give us a, a, few, a few words about how pension funds are dealing with this? Uh, and I know that there is this conflict in Switzerland. Uh, you need to refurbish your, invest in your buildings to uh, to make them more environmental friendly. But on the other hand, you cannot increase the rents. It's very difficult to increase the rent. So pension funds are a bit, you know, uh, in, in between. So how do they deal with this uh, situation? Uh, for new buildings, uh, I suppose that's quite easy because they just, uh, you know, will put the buildings at the norm and all the buildings have uh, low emissions, but for existing buildings. Yeah, so I will focus more on the indirect investment into real estate because uh, you cover the larger part of pension fund, let's say. When you go to the direct holding of each pension fund, it's, it's quite heterogeneous what is going on. Uh, but if you take within the uh, indirect one, uh, there are really two hot topics in real estate. The first one is the exposure to interest rate. It's not our topic for today. The second one uh, is uh, in terms of ESG, what they are planning to do. And now every manager that you see is, is showing you some, uh, some trajectory on what they plan to do at the portfolio level in terms of carbon emission, in terms of uh, water intensity, uh, energy intensity as well. So I think they have no choice because uh, tenants now they want to have something sustainable. Investor, they are asking for something sustainable. And also the regulator, they are pushing to have something more sustainable. So I think it's a good example. If you have, When you have all the forces that goes in the same direction, everybody wants something sustainable, they have no choice and they are going to do that. And who will pay for, for that? Yeah. yeah, of course we will pay for that. But uh, uh, what is the other option is to have a, a splendid asset in a few years. So. Yeah. So because what they plan to do is, uh, of course, to, to, uh, to improve what they have, uh, so to, to, to refurbish the, the, their portfolio, to, to change the eating system when they come to the end of their life cycle, uh, uh, to improve the insulation, the, the, the efficiency with smart devices and so on and so forth. Uh, of the various building uh, and then of course you have some building uh, that you cannot improve their uh, their, uh, their energy footprint and uh, what is sad uh, is that nowadays they, they are able to sell uh, those properties to private retail real estate investor uh, at very good prices so which means that on the one side we have the institutional, the pension fund that are pushing to do something better, and the other side the retails are are buying uh, the, the 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 properties that cannot be improved uh, without paying attention to those uh, to this uh, sustainable dimension. And I, I 
from uh, yeah recently uh, one week 10 days ago i saw an article that was uh, written for uh, those a uh, retail investor in, in real estate uh, by that i mean people that have one two building with let's say 10 20 20 uh, uh, the, yeah with smaller small holder of uh, of real estate uh, uh, properties uh, and basically the 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 writer of the article was saying that uh, in in term of if you look at just just at the financial it doesn't make sense to refurbish your property because it's exactly what you said you cannot uh, reflect that on the rent so you are going to lose money so i, I think we're going to see really a divergence in between the institutional world that is going to go towards something more sustainable in real estate uh, and the other side the, the smaller investor uh, that they will continue to have a less sustainable uh, uh, properties. And I think here the key is really the regulator, what they want to do. Of course, it's easier to go to larger holders of, uh, of uh, real estate in, uh, portfolios, uh, but at some time you have to do something for, for all the holders. So. Yeah, well, I think the, the, the financial industry at some stage will also have a role because when you, you talk about this old real estate and the risk of stranded assets, I suppose that at some stage it will be reflected in the financing costs for the, for these real for, for these retail real estate investors. Yep. They're going to bear higher uh, interest rate costs than uh, those that are uh, buying uh, new buildings or buying buildings which are which which are following the norms. Um, you mentioned before uh, uh, infrastructure investing. Uh, this is something that is still small in the in the asset allocation of uh, of Swiss investors, but now with the with the change in, in the low, it will probably grow further. So uh, are the um, are the the the, uh, the pension funds moving more toward green infrastructure, or do they continue to invest in uh, in global infrastructure funds, which includes airports, roads, and so on and so forth? Yeah, yeah, indeed, infrastructure is getting a lot of attention. So before was the, was within this uh, alternative investment class. Uh, so when you look what you wanted to do there, as it is limited in size, uh, people often prefer to do private equity instead of infrastructure. Now it is a category far, so you get more attention, they get more flow. And uh, there the focus is clearly on having something more sustainable, some green infrastructure. But uh, it's funny to look in those portfolio of a green infrastructure funds because often you have some surprises. You see some some airport, yes, but they're improving a bit their uh, energy efficiency and so on yeah. and so forth. So yes, they are improving, but still it is an airport yeah, or it's exactly. a highway. Uh, and then it comes to the social perspective, but you know people can travel, blah blah blah. Uh, yeah, so pension fund they they want and they try to do something green. Uh, sometimes it's surprising, and I always like to ask those questions to the to the manager of those funds because it's it funny to see the the, the answer. Uh, I think we need something more stringent in in, in terms of defining what is the green infrastructure, and and perhaps it's something that we see very often is that we don't speak the same language. I mean, we want something green, uh, but in in fact we have something else. So. Uh, we really need something more stringent uh, because at the end uh, you finish also with having some airports and exposure to highways and so on and so forth. So there is uh, there is room for improvement in infrastructure too. Yeah, I think you know the uh, 
EU taxonomy can be uh, can 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 be a help uh, on yes. that side, and uh, I think this will also at some stage be be adopted by uh, the manager, the, the portfolio manager community, and also by uh, by uh, investors in Switzerland. We have we have uh, we have uh, two minutes left, uh, Ivan. So uh, uh, I, I just wanted to. Uh, to, to, to ask you a last question about manager selection. You mentioned before the, the, the way you investigate the way they vote and engage, which is, I think, a, a, great, a great way to, to assess their sustainable strategy. But when, when you have to, sustain, to select a sustainable investment manager for your clients, what are, you, what are the, the key points you're looking at? Yeah. Besides, on, on that side, huh? I don't mean uh, performance, risk management, and everything is, is something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, which is also part of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good that you mentioned that because I think when you want to man select a manager, you really have to find one that match with your needs. So this is a third, third dimension, I would say, sustainability before you have expected return, uh, uh, risk, and, so, and then it comes to, uh, to sustainability. I would say when you have an ESG policy that is written, it's relatively easy because uh, you directly know what are you, are you looking for? Do you need something sustainable? What does it mean? Is that sustainable for the for the pension finding question? Uh, otherwise, uh, you, you have to understand which are the values of the pension fund uh, in order to find the, the, the right manager. And uh, perhaps here I have uh, again to be critical with the, the asset manager industry because there is no standard. Everybody is reporting some data that are computing in a different way. And the, the bad thing is that we all start with the same uh, initial data, the same data points, uh, but then we all aggregate in a different way because we all think that we have a better technique to aggregate them. And at the end, we come out with different conclusion, even if at the end we, we, we would like to find out the same thing. So uh, I think there is a need to make some order. Uh, the regulators are, are trying to make some order in there with SFDR, with the also in Switzerland with the, the, the position on grave washing of the FINMA and the Federal Council as well. So I think we are going in the right direction, but there are still a lot of, uh, of improvement to do. And uh, again, I think we, we have to start speak the same language because when you want to, to, to select a manager, you start to look at all the figures that every asset manager is uh, complicated to, to draw a conclusion. So what you have to go to do is to go back to the holding and uh, uh, find out on your own uh, what are you looking for, whether it matches your uh, your criteria or not. So I, I, I try to answer yeah. in two minutes. It, it's hard because yeah, yeah, I we, think we need half an hour just for that. Uh, but no, no, but I think we, we will organize a second, I think a, sec a second part of this podcast because uh, there, are, there are many things that we, we can discuss uh, on, on top of that regulation uh and uh some new teams like uh, biodiversity natural capital which we probably you know keep us busy for the next 20 years with that in mind i uh i thank you very much ivan uh we are time constraints uh we have this okay. uh, 30 minute art stop delay uh thank you very very much for uh having joined us and participate to this uh, this podcast and um, i'm really looking forward to have a second edition of that with you on the on the same topic thank you ivan thank you Guido. whenever you want I'm, I'm here for a second part thank you thank you bye bye, -bye. bye, -bye.
Thank you everyone for listening to this podcast. Please feel free to contact us if you have suggestions for further questions. If you enjoyed this episode and you like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating or a review. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.